1: Welcome to the Love HQ podcast. This is a place for women who want to explore love, sex, dating and relationships through an unconventional approach, of ditching the normal dating advice, prizing yourself as an individual and listening to expert interviews from all different walks of life, focusing on how you can get more in touch with yourself as a person, develop better relationships and live life on your terms. Hello, ladies and welcome back to another Love HQ podcast. Uh, My name is Hayley Quinn. I am feminism does dating, so watch out. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, join us. Join us. Join us in this lovely revolution where we're looking at love actually from a way that empowers you as a woman. And that doesn't do anything nasty to the guys. In fact, hopefully we'll set them free as well. So this is hopefully the dating gospel that you can get behind, which isn't going to be... A load of fluffy, woolly advice about how to get the guy or how to keep a man or blah, blah, blah. And sort of the women who listen to statements like that and think, I'd rather jump off a cliff. So welcome to... <laughs> <laughs> well, not me not jump off a cliff. But instead, you know what, let's have life on our own terms instead. Because I think only if we do ourselves correctly, we honour who we are, our own identity. And we choose the people to be in our life who are worthy of being in it and are good and compatible with us. This is how we get to happiness. Not by not texting him for a week so that he likes us more. Stuff that... Joining me today, I'm gonna rant. I'm ranting already. Is, uh, <laughs> go girl, go girl. Is is one of my really good friends, an amazing speaker and coach, Harriet Whaley Cohen. Hello, it's fantastic to be back again. I know so you are actually my my most my most my most used podcast guest. <laughs> that sounds what an accolade. <laughs> you're gonna get that on a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's only because Harriet is so fabulous and so wise. Uh, and also we keep having these like late night discussions when we're chatting to each other over the phone that we think really deserve to be put out into podcast format. Uh, what I want to talk to you about today, and we're going to go a bit literary again, so just bear with me. This is a metaphor here and it's an important one because if you can get it, it's going to help you to rationalize things better. If you've had a relationship breakdown or you're you feel like you've lost out on a guy or anything like that, it's going to give you an amazing new perspective on this. Okay, so race rape for it right there's this book that I read recently when I was um traveling around by myself actually through Romania <laughs> like a gothic heroine <laughs> flirting with guys shamelessly through the Carpathian mountains getting a mosquito related infection <laughs> how romantic I know going to a wedding and dancing by myself it was all good it was all fun and I was reading this book um called Rebecca which is written in 1920 something I think by Daphne du Maurier uh Daphne du Maurier by the way after reading her bio cool woman bisexual woman living in the 1920s that's pretty rock and roll now she wrote this book and everyone at the time thought it was just a conventional love story they were quite dismissive of it but over the past century it's become this amazing cult classic now the reason for that is the story of Rebecca goes as as follows I won't ruin the end entirely but we'll just get the metaphor there's this young girl right and she's working as an au pair or something in Monte Carlo. So she's got no money. She's like 21 years old. Uh, No one really likes her. She feels very plain and very dowdy. Coincidentally, she meets this awesome bachelor called Max de Winter. He's twice her age and is like a millionaire who owns this awesome country estate called Manderley in Cornwall. And they have a bit of a whirlwind romance. And quite to her surprise, he wants to get married to her. Uh, Initially, by the way, the reason he cites for the marriage is she says, I thought you should be with a woman who's 36 and wearing a string of pearls. And he says, it's exactly because you're not 36 and wearing a string of pearls that I like you. See where we're going with this. Um, but anyway, you think it's great. It's like like she's living the dream here. Like She was working as a rubbish pair, now with this wealthy, awesome, successful dude. Sweeps her off to a country mansion. She's now lady of the house. Slight technical issue. He had <laughs> he has a deceased first wife called Rebecca who haunts them both. Like, not like boo like a ghost haunts them, but psychologically haunts them. And, ha- and her spirit and her feeling and how the house was run and the servants' loyalties and how she was remembered just can't, that she can't get rid of it. And in fact, wife number two kind of secretly thinks Rebecca, who apparently was a bit of a, a wild woman <laughs> who took no rubbish from Max De Winter, kind of wants to be her interestingly wife number two uh, is only ever called mrs de winter whilst we the book is called rebecca after the first wife who died p.s in mysterious circumstances won't spoil the end uh the whole thing though the whole point that daphne de barrio is getting at here though it's kind of contrasting two forms of womanhood and two forms of stories or women around love it's like do you want to be wife number two who's only ever known in association to your husband, you're only ever Mrs. De Winter, and sure you've got like the guy's love and you've got all this wealth and da da da, but what sacrifice did you have to make to your own identity and your own personhood to achieve that? Who is, She, Daphne DeMoria asks, who is more dead? Is it the woman who's sacrificed everything, bent over backwards, compromised her whole value system just so that the guy is happy, or the woman who's physically dead, but you know what? Her memory lives on and you literally can't escape her because she was that strong and that powerful. And I think it's a strong warning message about compromising your values in order to keep a guy and the slow death that that actually involves.
2: Absolutely. And I'm sure most of your listeners will, will identify with that to one mm-hmm. extent or another. I mean, you know, almost everyone I know has compromised something that's important to them on one degree or another. Um, the, the, the big question and the important question here is is about figuring out what your deal breakers are I mm. think, um, and what doesn't matter so much. Because when you know what your absolute core values are, the things that matter to you more than anything else, if you start compromising on them early on in a relationship, it sets, kind of sets your stall out that, that you're someone whose needs and and thoughts and wishes and desires aren't important, Mm -hmm. that you don't value yourself much. And, and although it can, you can think, oh, well, you know, I just shouldn't say anything. I should just go along with this. The long-term implications, it's like this massive domino effect that will lead to, um, a, a kind of really false relationship where you'll just end up really unhappy and with a completely lost sense of who you are. Um, And that, that's not good for either of you, to be honest. That's not what the guy wants either.
1: No, because that's not an equal or healthy partnership. That's one person controlling and domineering over the other and the other person also being equally accountable in the cycle by going along with it. And the thing is, you can start to give a little bit, right? And usually the first time you give something and you let that little value crumple, it's something small. It's so small, you can dismiss it as insignificant. Even though deep down in your gut, you know it wasn't right. Yeah. you know, I often think about, you know, when I think about relationships that have really gone bad, like the first, the first warning sign was something really like, did he, did he just phrase that like that to me or what? Whoa, he just, he just hung up on me or he swore. Did that, that thing that he said about my job, that was a bit, you know, that was actually, that wasn't a very nice way of saying things. Like for instance, one example that pops into my mind is some guy saying to me, he's like, Maybe you should put your poetry on your blog so that people know that that's not you know that you're the dating and the love thing isn't all that you do. Pause now if you hear, hear it, it's this that you could be like, oh yeah, he thinks my poetry is good, or you could go, what's wrong with my what I do? What's not good enough already about my job? It's very subtle. <laughs> it's subtle. Mm-hmm and then you by not pulling them up on it and actually by going along with it and actually swallowing down that flinch of oh that was a bit mean eventually you start to lose so much ground that then the big things start yeah. coming in and and by not
2: questioning it when when something like that's said um you're giving them permission to keep doing it and you're saying you're sending out a really clear message that they can um make a dig at you and you'll swallow it and you won't mm-hmm. stand up for yourself and it starts small and and it can end as big and as awful as you like and actually it's really really straightforward in in those situations because sometimes they may not mean it that way right and and when something comes up and you get that slightly hurt slightly like oh that's not right you can say oh what did you mean by that um did you mean that you think my poetry is great or are you actually having a go at at what I'm Mm. what I'm doing because when you throw it back to them um it gives them the opportunity to pull themselves up and it also lets them know that you're not going to take things lying down and that you're prepared to question in an open and curious and non-aggressive non-defensive judgmental way but it's also just a a a very open dialogue where you go i'm just standing up for myself and questioning what the hell is going on for you there because
1: that didn't feel right right and my version of reality is perfectly good and valid and i stand by myself you know i thought of another example yeah asking a guy about something and he continually changes the topic. So dodge the question, you know, and actually sometimes in the beginning, I think it's not, sometimes it's going to be what people are actively doing, but sometimes you look for things where people omit to tell you things like don't seek your permission, make, um, you know, like they make a decision and it doesn't involve you. They just tell you that this is what's going to happen. Maybe when you're trying to have a kind of an open discussion about something, you know, they constantly are evading, a question now all of these things are so can be so subtle but they're ways that actually you're not having a real communicative on a level kind of relationship because if someone's making decisions and they're not really consulting you or involving you in that um and I'm not talking about nice decisions here we're kind of getting into this kind of dictatorship vibe where someone isn't seeing you completely on a level as their equal likewise if people feel like, oh, actually, there's some things that, you know, when she's asking about it, that I it's okay that I tell her. But other things I don't really want her to know or I don't feel comfortable. And if the guy can't articulate that and just avoids, again, we're seeing like some dodgy, dodgy warning signs here. And I'm just pointing out these ones that are quite subtle because I think when you start to give way on your character or your values or the treatment that you expect for yourself and cultivating respect, it's, it's little... In the beginning it's never a big kaboom
2: no it's never huge to start with if if a guy came in and, and you know you're passionate about um environmental issues and recycling is really important to you he's not going to come in and go right the recycling bins have got to go and i think this is all a load of rubbish he will just there will be small small things and eventually that kind of thing will happen but i think that um the most important
0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Thing,
2: When it comes to values is actually that you have to know yourself first. You have to know what's really important to you and be able to communicate that in a really confident, um, sure, non-aggressive, non-defensive way. Just this is who I am. So there's a certain amount of self-inquiry in in a loving and fun way to get to know yourself. And then saying, okay, these are my non-negotiables. Some people don't mind if other people are late. Me, mm. I was born six weeks early. I am always early. In fact, I stood outside Haley's door for five minutes because I was early today. Um, I'm always early. And if other people are late, I find it phenomenally disrespectful. Mm. But they, they maybe have different values around it. Um, but there are some... It, it's really important to figure out what really matters to mm. you and then find a loving way of, of communicating that and, and holding those boundaries. And there might be other things that are kind of important to you, but not deal breakers and when you know what you're right this is not i'm not going to compromise on this but those things i'm prepared to negotiate on that's where you can start to find your ideal relationship where you have values that match where you can negotiate the rest in between um and 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 where it's where it all goes well but but it also requires a huge amount of courage because Mm. if you think that you found your ideal man and it turns out that your values don't match at all and he values money let's say, in material possessions, whereas for you, honesty is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas he's thinking, well, it doesn't matter um, skipping the train fare because I'm not going to get caught. I value money more than honesty. Mm -hmm. It's going to come to blows at some point. So when, when you see those big red flags for core values not matching, you've got to have the courage to say we're just not right for each other and it doesn't matter that neither of you are bad people or that neither of you have done something to hurt the other one the fact is you're, you're apples and pears and it's just not going to work so there is this self-inquiry holding boundaries not abandoning yourself and mm. courage absolute courage involved in this
1: i love that the idea of courage is it does take a lot doesn't it because when you're sold on a guy and we know it's like you're all emotionally attached and he's wonderful and he's probably right. got a whole... Especially if
2: it's got physical as well, it gets so oh, confusing. Totally. It's good to figure out the values thing before you get physical.
1: Yeah, I also think it's good to feel, <laughs> work out the values thing while you're single. If you're single now, which if you're listening to this podcast, probably, then <laughs> basically you've hit the ideal time to work on your boundaries and your values. Um, a thing i like to add to that, which is great is to just make them really clear and tangible and action related, so don't set a a bad boundary and value is. I don't want to be used, I mean like, yeah of course, but what does that really actually practically mean, does it mean that you expect him to call you daily, does it mean that you'd want him to spend a particular amount of time with you before things become intimate is that you want him to see you several times a week? Is it that you want to do things during the daytime together? I don't know. Break it down to what the actual actions around it are, rather than this big conceptual idea. And,
2: and how you want to feel as well. So if mm. you want to feel appreciated, how what does that look like? And I'm sure you've um, spoken to all your many listeners about the five love languages. Oh yeah, but if you the thing that makes you feel appreciated is acts of service or physical affection or whatever you can extend your value and say okay this thing really matters to me and how I like to be shown it is by being bought flowers how I like to be shown it is by someone showing up in time Mm. whatever those that thing is that means that thing to you and then you can communicate it
1: right so give him a chance because there's many guys that are super well-meaning and they really want to make you happy Mm. And, you know, they want to do the right thing and do good by you. But sometimes it's just like, particularly between men and women, we have two completely opposite ideas of what being good to you means. And I think sometimes people often fall in the trap of the, that golden rule. Do unto others as you would have done unto yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than thinking, actually, pattern rule, how does the other person want to be treated? So sometimes that you can, you know, I've had guys, some of my guy clients think, oh man, we've had a bit of a bust up. I'll give her some space. Because when I've had a bus stop, I love some space. You know, yeah. and the woman on the other hand is freaking Shutting out. Like, so, so They're thinking he doesn't love me anymore. Um, so yeah, you've, it's, it, it's in that communication. Because yeah, apples and pears, totally. But sometimes you get a bit of. I'm trying to think. Maybe you're a, a peach and a nectarine, <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're almost really well suited. But there's that room for negotiation. But negotiation can only happen. When two people are equals, when there's fair communication, when if you're communicating with someone, to be honest, in a way that's calm, diplomatic, positive, playful, the other person should be listening to that and be receptive to that dialogue. And it means you have to be responsible for doing that yourself
2: and for bringing it. Not just it's the guy's responsibility for bringing it. It's our responsibility. Yeah. Ask for the, the, the what we bring, what we ask for, how we communicate it. All of that is our responsibility. So that's where the real courage of and, and gentleness and, and kind of strong and fierce
1: version of womanhood comes in at the same time. Exactly. Well, they're not mind readers, are they? None of us are. No. no. And we're particularly bad at reading each other sometimes. So instead of trying to get into his head and think, oh, what does he want? Is this going to make him not like me anymore? You have to go, look, that's my boundary. I know it because I felt a twingy feeling in my gut. Uh, That's my biggest, biggest we all know, we
2: all get that feeling, don't you? When you say yes, when you mean no, you get a feeling deep in your gut. And that if you're getting that feeling, that's your I've abandoned myself, I'm not holding Mm. my values, I'm not holding what's important to me
1: guide by that feeling exactly you get the gut feeling you acknowledge it you spend a bit of time sometimes you sometimes I've been known to like run to the loo or something or just sit in my own space for a second and go okay what was it about what was said there or what happened that bothered me and then in a nice way broke a piece and lay out your lay out how you want to be treated and I said this is like the acid test of relationship is he going to react with hostility dodge the question <laughs> Um, try to like avoid answering it, tell you you're being needy, you know, all of these things, which if he does any of that stuff, he is not fully emotionally well-developed and self-aware enough to have a relationship with anyone full stop. You need someone who is at least going to listen, who's going to participate and is going to come to a uh, a nectarine peach. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and I think it's also about bringing bringing the conversation in a peaceful way rather than bringing it in a we-need-to-talk confrontational way. Because if you just bring it up naturally in flow in a relaxed way you'll get a much better reception than putting the guy on the back foot by doing the kind of we need to talk thing which sets up this slightly scary confrontational Mm. being called into the headmaster's office sort of scenario yeah um so the more relaxed and calm and just well this is how it is for me that you can be Mm. when you're communicating what your values and boundaries are um, the better it's going to go, nobody likes feeling like they're under attack, no um, just like in the reverse scenario, if a guy wanted to communicate to you that whatever it is he needs to a but whole, if he did a we need to talk thing you're automatically panicking
1: in fear a bit defensive sort of, it's hard to listen so, and so th- give that in reverse to them exactly because you're not going to get the best out of anyone if you bombard them with questions you make them feel judged put on the spot all this does is closes down communication people have to feel safe in each other's company and there's enough love in that interaction that actually they can speak really freely and still find that acceptance if you don't create that environment, all that happens is that people close up, they lie, they conceal things. And in fact, we get into, again, a right big mess. So open, honest communication, stand in those values, protect your identity, because I can tell you, and I have, remember, my nan's telling me this all the time. It's like, it's no life to live if you're living in someone else's shadow and you're not fully engaged in a relationship and you've given over everything just to keep peace with this guy. like It's not worth yeah. it at yeah. all.
2: It's, it's, it's a very, very short-term fix that will cause you endless long-term pain. It was not the path to happily ever after.
1: No, instead be a bit of a Rebecca, you know? Maybe not all of it, because that didn't end particularly well for her, but the bits where it's just like, you know what, actually, my own identity, my own mark in the world, the values that I lived by, how other people treated and responded to me, like the feeling that actually, you know, people remember me and remember all this stuff that was great. That kind of stuff is so much infinitely more important. Be that. Don't be Mrs. DeWinter, be a Rebecca. Uh, anyway, before I rant on any more, I should tell you guys how they can listen to you and find out more about your stuff, Harriet. Yes, absolutely. So um, the best thing to do would be
2: for all your fabulous listeners to hop on over to my website, which is com, and I'll spell that H A R R I E T W A L E Y C O H E N dot com um and you can read all sorts of stuff about me and what's going on and events and things like that um, but also pop your details in my contact form and you'll get a free 10 minute video on how to get connected to your body and some meditations and visualizations will will come flowing your way um, and you can get up-to-date news about where i'm speaking what's going on and how to
1: join in with with courses and all sorts of things So it would be great to hear from people amazing. And of course, I have to nag you again, if you like the message, subscribe because this is an important message that actually isn't it is about love and dating. It's also about how we see ourselves, who we are as women, it's about empowerment, it's about a completely different philosophy on love. If you like it, subscribe to it, share it, comment on it so that the message can get out there and we can keep going. Uh, also I have an amazing online community for women so if you want to join me get your questions answered every day come to my monthly events Uh, they're mainly in London right now but then we're kind of building out to be a bit more international as well and just meet my amazing community of women if you go to hayleyquinn.com forward slash women forward slash club uh you're going to find out full details there about how you can work with me on a day-to-day basis via the power of the internet uh anyway i'll be back again next week sending you lots of love have an amazing week wherever you are